Hey guys, it's Liz, and you are listening to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, where we give people the chance to write a letter to their younger selves in hopes that we can learn a little bit from their lives. Hey guys, welcome to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, and today in the studio we have Shauna Landis. She is 30 years old. She is a jeweler and designer at our local Bowers Jewelry Store, right? Yeah. Yes, Bowers Jewelry Store, and I I love Shauna so much. I've known her for a really long time. She's been a, a longtime friend, and we lived together for a while, and I am super pumped to have Shauna on the podcast today and she just celebrated her 30th birthday this summer and I've never met someone that was so excited to turn 30 as Shauna was I feel like I deserved it like I feel like I now like have more street cred to be able to say like yeah I have done all these things in my life and now I have an age to like prove that I've done it. Yeah. I made it this far. <laughs> you made it. You made it to 30. I made it through the 20s, yes. which were quite awful yeah, to 20, a degree. 20s are hard. 20s are hard. <laughs> um, and what was the theme for your birthday party that your your friends um, surprised you with? It was a poop themed. It was happy turdy 30. Oh my gosh. I know. I, I had actually come up with the idea and I said, if someone does not throw me a turdy 30 birthday party, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> And it was so turdy and wonderful. It was nice. It was, My, I had a birthday cake with the poop emoji. It yeah. said, uh, what was it? Holy holy crap, you're 30. Yes. It was, Gosh. I don't know if I could think of a better theme for me. I know. It's a turdy 30, Shauna. It's so good. But Shauna's a really fun human being and she just brings so much joy and happiness and Shauna has big feelings and I do Enneagram four here we go an Enneagram four <laughs> and I I'm just so excited for you guys to hear some of the stuff that Shauna's going to talk about today and I'm just excited to hang out with Shauna on a podcast so it's great killing two birds with one stone get to talk to a friend forcing you guys me to hang out by recording me <laughs> forcing to hang out and it'll it's gonna be great um and so Shauna I know through living together through many conversations that um, you've struggled with self-love with even body image things and and all of that and so I'd love for you to share part of that journey right now with everyone yeah so I don't know if I would ever say that I've technically had an eating disorder and I think that that's where it always got like very fuzzy for me is that like I had never like had anything to show for the fact that like I really had a skewed image like of what love for myself would be like or even like what health health should look like yeah Um, it's like you didn't fit the like check marks like if you struggle with these things then you're this yeah and so it wasn't until actually recently that I was like I I like really think that this is an actual issue not just like oh yeah I perpetually am trying to get skinnier you know like it finally like through some like reading I was like I am like being kept prisoner by this a little bit um and so I've just been like doing a lot of deconstructing through that Mm -hmm. and like trying to figure out and and this isn't new I mean like I clearly have known that I've struggled but like just lately I think I have actually been able to see I think maybe more like realistically like what I've been dealing with yeah and not that denial of oh it's not that bad like right it's not as bad as these people over here mm-hmm. right I, it's I'm not a poster child for this or, or right. anything like that and so actually realizing that it is a legitimate problem right. for you and so what 
back when you were probably in your unhealthiest times, Mm -hmm. what did some of that look like for you? What are some of the lies you were believing about yourself? How did you, how did that manifest for you? Right. So I, I start obsessing a lot about what I'm eating. Um, and then that's like basically all I can think about. Mm -hmm. Um, or like, I remember specifically even one time when we lived together, I had already worked out in the morning and then I like ate a bite of a cookie. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go for a run. And you're like, Shauna, you literally already like worked out today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but I ate a bite of a cookie. And it's like, I can't even focus on enjoying like the people around me a lot of times. And so like, as like, you can tell, like I clearly wasn't very like present a lot of the times because like even, and I just thought that everyone was constantly thinking about their food because I thought that everyone was trying like constantly trying to get skinny. I thought that that was what we were supposed to be doing, Hmm. you know, like, oh, well, I'm not where I want to be. So therefore, like, this is what I have to do to get there. Yeah. What do you think fed into some of that? So looking even farther back, what Mm -hmm. are some of the things that fueled some of those thoughts for you, even as a kid? Um, Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking on that. Um, So I have an older sister who's really perfect. Like, I say that. I say that kind of rudely, but no, I'm. She is one of the most phenomenal people. I can't speak highly enough about her, and I like look up to her like crazy. But I think honestly, like when I when I look back, she was just very talented, and I was kind of like the goofy younger sister who like, I mean, I wasn't like that bad, but <laughs> she she overshadowed me a lot in how talented she was at basically everything. Like she's very very intelligent. She's very artistic. She is super driven, and so she, like, stuck out from the crowd. And I remember, like, very specifically that a lot of times, like, what my family complimented me on was, like, oh, you're so cute, or you're the little one. And, like, even thinking more about, like, I remember one time, like, my grandpa, like, honestly introduced me as the beautiful one. Mm. So it's, like, I recognized, like, later on that, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is this is what people know me as. Um, and so I, I had, like, sometimes I fluctuate between, like, this sense of, like, pride. Like, oh, I'm the beautiful one. Doesn't everyone know that? Like, yeah. that's what I am. But then I realized that, like, I wasn't doing any work at all and, like, trying to be a nicer person or trying to, like, work on having, like, a better character. It was just, like – but then it seemed like, yeah, perpetually, like, a cycle almost yeah. of, like – you got your worth from your image. Right. Yeah. And so, but the issue is that, like, I didn't see myself that way. Like, mm. I, I, and I think a lot of that is our culture is that, like, a perfect, beautiful woman is someone who's, like, very tall and slender and tan. And, like, I'm pale. I would not consider myself chunky, but, like, I'm kind of squatty. I don't know. I'm not tall. I'm very <laughs> average. I'm, like, one of the most average people you could meet. And... So I really struggled with, like, I would have this, like, heightened sense in my brain of, like, well, my family thinks I'm perfect. Like, my grandma would, like, say, that girl could wear a bed sheet and look good. Mm -hmm. And so I I walk around thinking, like, I'm perfect. And then I would see pictures of myself and be like, I don't look anything like the movie stars. I mean, like, I'm not Jennifer Aniston. So that is, by the way, everyone should know the ideal perfect, like, person. She's (laughs) perfect. Jennifer Aniston. Even at 50. I mean, come Uh, on. Who couldn't love her? Seriously. Um, But... Yeah, so I then played the comparison game of like, okay, but I'm not I'm not perfect. So yeah. like, why are people lying to me? And so then it's like this but then of course, if even if I don't feel about myself, if I can get other people to tell me that I'm worth like 
worth something in quotations. Yeah. <laughs> um, as in, tell me that I look good, then I feel worthy. And so a lot of, a lot of my, probably once getting into like high school, maybe a lot of my worth came from like affirmation, especially from guys. Yeah. Um, and the issues that like that's what I would seek out. And sometimes it would be only just to have them like tell me, yeah you're good looking. You know, like I didn't care if I did got anything else from them. But the thing about it is like I didn't I didn't ask for respect from anybody because I didn't want their respect. I wanted their approval. Yeah. Um just constantly searching for that, constantly making sure that whatever you did was to get that thing you wanted, which was approval from particularly guys in that right. moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did that affect your view of yourself? Um, it made me feel cheap. (laughs) I felt very cheap because I started, um, yeah, realizing that like, then I was just playing like a people pleasing game, you know, like, oh, I'll be what you want of me just so that you tell me that I'm worth something. Um, and so like, I, I definitely didn't see, I didn't see myself as like having any value, but I also, I didn't find myself beautiful because I also, like, I didn't find my insides beautiful because I didn't know myself. Yeah. Like, I was just kind of a little bit of a shell. Well, yeah, if you give all of the power to other people mm-hmm. for your own self-worth, then it's constantly going to be changing, and mm-hmm. you're never going to have a steady foundation for yourself. It's all going to be completely dependent on people, and people move in and out of our lives all right. the time. And people are broken and flawed, and they it fluctuates. And mm-hmm. so that's a really dangerous place to be to put all the power on how you view yourself in the hands of others. Right. Especially un- untrustworthy people and people who haven't, haven't earned that right to speak into your life. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, in, so this was high school. So what did that, how did that look as you grew up into an adult, into mm-hmm. adulthood, you know, college and in your twenties? Yeah. And, uh, how did, how did that, grow for you mm-hmm. um basically a string of probably poor relationships um I dated someone all through college which I'm actually very grateful for because I see myself that I probably would have just like kissed everyone yeah um and so I was I was happy that I was dating somebody but again it was like he was really con- I'm not gonna say really controlling but to a degree he was pretty controlling um and I didn't realize that at all because I was just like, well, no, like what he says is the better option because clearly I'm incapable of making decisions. Well, yeah. Because he, I didn't trust myself. Well, yeah. Like, if you're going to give all of your power to someone else, then of course. Right. Yeah. So like that was a lot of it. And I remember like talking to my mom about it. She's like, Shauna, I just don't think like we really like him, but like we're concerned for you. And of course, I'm like, you guys don't even know me, but I didn't know myself either. Like I don't know what I was fighting for. But yeah. like, so yeah, that was... It was good that I was dating him through college, though, like I said. Um, but then I would be kind of like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if this is what I want for my future. Um, and so, like, there would be, like, moments of just, like, wait a minute. But I want to be this. Like, this is who I am, you know? And I, like, start seeing glimpses of, like, yeah, like, I, I like to be a creative person. Like, I like to be, like, free-spirited and to, like, find beauty and adventure, like, in things. And that's not, like, really how I was going. So, um yeah, I actually ended up cheating on him mm. um, 
because I was just like, well, this person is more free. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I. Well, yeah. If you're getting affirmation from everybody, you're just gonna right. go to the next thing yeah. that gives you more affirmation. Exactly. So I was like, no, I want to be this person, you know. And so I would kind of like relationship hop, and something that like I look back on is that like I was, I was almost always single. But I almost always had somebody in my life. Yeah. Like I was always like talking to somebody or like multiple people and not committing to anything because I didn't know who I wanted to be like day to day because I was waiting for someone to tell me who to be. Yeah. So how did that affect not only your relationships with guys, mm-hmm. but how did that affect relationships with other people? Like your mm-hmm. family, you're really close with your family, yeah. your friends, like how did that affect all of those things? Because right. it's not just one thing. It's uh-huh. going to spill over to everything. Yeah. So I, I've realized lately that I haven't been a very good friend to a lot of people because um, I feel like I was always more concerned with with getting affirmation from guys, I felt like they gave me what I wanted, like in terms of telling me that I was beautiful and that was it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so girlfriends like didn't do that as much, which meant I had to have actual depth. And after a while I run out of that, you know, like a few like deep conversations and I'd be like, well, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't have anything else to offer to this. Um, And so I found that a lot of times I was kind of a wishy-washy friend. I would be like, really really in it for a little bit and then I'd move on to the next thing um and I think part of that was like a little bit of like something also typical like an Enneagram 4 is like protecting like once they like start feeling like someone's like knowing them like they're trying to protect themselves kind of like protecting their image Mm -hmm. essentially and so kind of like when I felt like my image like was being questioned or that it was going to show that like there was nothing deeper I would just like cut it and run kind of thing. So I don't have a lot of deep friendships. And I I look back on that. I'm just like, well, it's because you weren't a very good friend, you Mm -hmm. know. And so I regret that. I was was so concerned with so many other things that weren't life-giving. So it affected that. The the strange thing about with my family, though, um, is that whenever I was home, I felt like I was known. Mm. So going home was always very therapeutic for me and my family doesn't live very far I could go home on the weekends and sometimes I did sometimes I'm just like I just need to be where I I feel like known yeah (laughs) where I feel known and loved even though like sometimes they know I'm a garbage person you know (laughs) Um, and they love you no matter what yes so so I would say that for the most part I would think that my relationship with my family has held up like pretty solidly forever so what was the what were some of the points that made you shift? So you've mm-hmm. kind of buried yourself in a pretty deep hole here when in the like looking for affirmation from other people mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot been a lot of consequences from that you you talked about like you ended up cheating on someone, you mm-hmm. ended up like doing all these things or you're like I don't even know who I am mm-hmm. in all of these things and so what was the what was a turning place mm-hmm. for you? Um, I mean, that's a little bit of a long story, but, um, I think I can kind of boil it down to, I actually ended up getting married. Um, and at the point that I got married, I thought that I had like, was doing some good work. Liz and I were living together. I felt like I was like in one of those healthy seasons where I was really like doing some good, like good work in a church that I really liked and, um, actually like doing the work myself, like trying to go to therapy, go to counseling, learn myself better. 
So I met someone and I thought that things were really great between us. It felt like the healthiest relationship. And a big portion of that is that he had no desire to do anything physical. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh my gosh, someone wants to be around me. They want to be my friend and they want to date me. And they have no interest whatsoever in even like kissing me. So I was like, this is what God calls for us. Mm-hmm. I am doing everything right. So we weren't together very long and we're both just like, yeah, this is great. This is perfect. Like we're, I was 25 at the time. I think he was 27. So he was even older than I was. I'd been out of college for a few years. I'd already paid off my college loans. Like I just felt like I was like, okay, I'm at a, I'm at a good place. Like what else am I waiting for? So we decided to get married. Like after we were only together for a year. Yeah. But even after getting married, like, he still had, like, no desire for me physically. And so I'm just like, this is how God is teaching me. He's he's breaking down, like, my feeling that, like, this is what I'm worth. And he gave me someone who only wants to love me for my personality. But, like, as time went on, I was like, this is not healthy. Like, this is not how marriage and, like, a true healthy, like, relationship is supposed to be. Like, physical intimacy is important, like, inside of marriage. And so... Moving on in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just started questioning a lot. It it made me really hate myself. Yeah. Like after a while I realized like this isn't out of love for me because we're married. Mm-hmm. Like this is out of something being wrong. And so I would ask questions a lot. I started again going to counseling. Um, and you took the blame all for yourself. And I did. Because, well, also – I kept asking him, like, am I doing something? And he would say, like, well, I don't know, but, like, it's not me. And mm. I'm like, but it is you. Like, there's yeah. something clearly wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I took it on myself. He didn't flat out. There was one time he told me it was my fault. Mm. So then I was like, okay, well, if it's my fault, that must mean I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. Like, I'm so undesirable. You went back to the old lies you were telling yourself. Right. And so, yeah, I just, like, lived in this world of like the worst self-hatred you mm-hmm. know because I was like I am just so ugly <laughs> like yeah. I am so unlovable because I equated love with beauty mm-hmm. um and so I ended up finding out that it had nothing to do with me he had a lot of deep-rooted issues that no one knew about they were years upon years of hiding and darkness and so when I found that out, uh, we tried to work it out a little bit. Um, and then I finally like came to the conclusion of, I think that like it might be healthiest for us to part ways. And so it was, I think that was a really pivotal moment yeah. of me recognizing that I could find love outside of a relationship um, and that I was worth more than the way that I had been treated. And so like in stepping out of the the marriage, I had a lot of grief from a lot of people. I had some really nasty messages sent to me because no one knew the whole story. Yeah. And I heard from a friend that someone that I really respected said that it must have been something that I did because he was perfect. Mm. And um, so that was like really hard. And of course I, I got angry and then I, I took it like to heart. I was like, well, if people think that, then everyone must think that I must be such a terrible person. You know, like no one believes I have any goodness, but then for the first time I was like, I know the truth. Yeah. I know the truth and I know what I'm worth and I don't have to listen to other people. I don't have to, like, I don't even have to 
be angry about it because like I'm I was like so at peace with the decision that I had made and like for the first time like really sticking up for myself yeah um and so I like I think I kind of came to this place of like silent love for myself to say like it's okay Mm -hmm. and like actually being like very self-compassionate yeah so I think that that was probably one of the biggest the biggest moments of and then like even moving back to what was his hometown mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah having to see people and people were like wait you're back you know and it was just kind of like yeah. yeah and like trying to like maneuver like how do I love myself well but also not just like destroy his name and so I think that that just created like a really big space for knowing myself too and like knowing that I can love myself well and yeah. that health incorporates a lot of things, not just like what I eat mm-hmm. <laughs> and that um, it doesn't all have to come back to what my body looks like. Yeah. That that sometimes doesn't have as much to do with any of it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's important to have a balanced life of taking care of your physical body, but mm-hmm. also your mental, like mm-hmm. taking care of that mental aspect your emotional aspect, and even social because, you know, we've been friends for a while. And so I know that when you guys moved away, you didn't have a ton of friends mm-hmm. in the area. And you didn't have that social aspect either. And so it was really isolating. And that's right where Satan wants us to be. Right. When we're by ourselves dealing with all these things. And that's why all those lies came back where mm-hmm. it's like these lies that you have, you had been working through and you had been working on. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to take her away from everybody mm-hmm. uh, that she cares about that can help her like hold her up in these things and then I'm gonna really get it and all of that and so like making sure your your entire life is balanced Mm -hmm. and not just one aspect of it because you were hyper focused on one aspect of your life and so now it's like okay how do I balance it all out how can I pay attention to my emotional health the same amount that I pay attention to my physical health Mm -hmm. and how can I maybe tame down the physical health a little bit more and like move up the social or move up the, you know, all of those other parts of it. So during that time and right, even now, as you are kind of on the, if we can say upswing, do you feel like you're on the upswing? It, I mean, yeah, it comes and goes, but I'm definitely, I'm very much on the upswing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would say that, but there are still seasons. um, Oh yeah. A lot of, still deconstructing and reconstructing yes and that's life that's a mm-hmm. journey right i still have plenty of stuff that i'm still right. deconstructing every single day right. from the lies that i believe about myself too um but how has god kind of helped you in these in these times right now yeah um so i feel like just this past i guess it's now been two years the uh, the way that things happened and just how like the timing of everything is dumbfounding to me sometimes. And sometimes I would just be caught in like this moment of like, I'm here in this moment right this second and it's exactly where I need to be. Hmm. Um, I think that a lot with my roommate, yeah, I cannot express like someone that's more perfect for this time of my life. I've learned so much about God, about myself, about other humans. I like finally feel like I have a relationship where like I have been able to be like honest about like a lot of the dark places um, and met somebody other than my family that's still willing to put up with me. Yeah. <laughs> and 
So it's I got this tattoo a couple years ago. Well, that's now been like probably four years. Um, it was actually an alternate line from Come Thou Fount, which mm. is my favorite hymn. But it says, Thou hast brought me to this place. And I think about that a lot where it's just like I'm exactly where I need to be at this moment. And it was all orchestrated by God. Yeah, so that's something that I think really um, you know, pops up a lot is I'll just be caught in these moments of like, I'm in this really beautiful place. Like sometimes even just like driving and I'm like, I'm back in the Midwest and I have the opportunity to be on this drive yeah. at this moment right now. And I saw this and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A verse or a chapter actually that has always like back even when I was a kid and my first read it, I was like, this is everything that I need to know. Psalm 139 has just always resonated very deeply within me, especially struggling with these things that I didn't realize other people didn't struggle with. Like I didn't realize other people weren't always trying to get small like I didn't realize mm-hmm. other people weren't like always cursing like what they looked like or thinking that like I'm yeah I don't know like they weren't always hating themselves you know like I, I thought that like to hate myself was good yeah. because it like was what spurred me on but yeah I I would just really resonate with God knows me no matter where I am mm-hmm. like and he still is always there yeah. um so yeah, I think about that a lot. One of my favorite parts of Psalm 139 that goes with what you were just talking about is probably verse four or mm-hmm. three or four. When it says, you hem me in, mm-hmm. you, you've you hemmed me in from behind and from and before. And before. Yeah. Like, it's like God created you for like, he is here in this very moment right. protecting you from your past. Because, Mm -hmm. yes, like trauma happens in our lives, hard things happen. And yes, our memories can come back, but that hard thing can never come back to actually hurt you. And then he's walking and like carving a path out for your future. And it's like you're just hemmed into this perfect moment that God Mm -hmm. is surrounding you in. And uh, I I love that picture. And I you like fun fact about Shauna. She loves sewing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's good at it and it's so, like that idea of hemming like when you hem something in it's not going anywhere right. you know and that's the same thing that God does for us and is showing you in this very moment too mm-hmm. and so I, I love that yeah I love that part too yeah so I'd actually written a poem about that section because um, I just found it really beautiful um, but uh, I had also it was kind of a compilation with that and um, a book that I was reading but yeah. Um, it's called Beloved Dust. You hem me in behind and before my liquid scattered self. Dust, I am diffused, but you hem me in encircled and enclosed my fearful knitted self, your own beloved dust. Mm, that's so good. And can you actually send me a picture of that? Because I want to yeah. type that in the show notes so people can uh, okay. take a take a look at that and actually read it because it's it's short and sweet and beautiful. And Shauna, I know that poems speak to you and you mm-hmm. love creative things yeah. and you love art. And so that's a really good way to connect with God and to connect mm-hmm. with yourself yeah. is through letting yourself be vulnerable right. through poetry. So it's funny that you mentioned me being me to be sewing, um, doing sewing, because I would say that the two art forms where I feel like I'm being the most creative and like the most myself in them is in sewing and in poetry. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, you're a painter. And I'm like, but 
I'm really not a painter. I like copy something. Like someone gives me a picture and says, can you paint this? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't like alight in me anything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Just like creating something from, from nothing. Right. You know, that's, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So right now I'd love for you to read your letter to your younger self. Mm-hmm. Dear younger me, sweet, creative, adventurous baby Sean. Your body is a vessel, a crate, a holder, a carrier for who you are. The size and shape should be cared for and kept safe, but your time is better spent protecting and growing what is inside. I know that comments from others have made you feel like only your outer appearance is valuable and that you are empty inside, but there is so much blossoming and growing. God created you to be uniquely you, not to mirror someone else. Trust your heart trust yourself. When something feels off and wrong, it's okay to say no. It's okay to know that you are more valuable than what someone is what someone else is assigning to you. Trust what brings you joy and awakens you. Have fun learning about yourself instead of looking to other people to tell you who you are and to affirm you that your body is fine. A polished outside speaks little of the inside. Love yourself the way you think others should be loved, because that's how Jesus loves you. You don't have to look better to accept and love yourself the way Jesus loves you. God formed your innermost being, shaped your delicate inside and intricate outside, and wove them all together inside your mother's womb. You were made so mysteriously complex, created and formed, carefully and skillfully shaped from nothing. God saw who you were created to be before you even existed. If the creator of the universe, who sees that all is good, made you, why question your beauty and worth? You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and no human can diminish, affirm, or change that. Believing that you are loved will set you free to be who God created you to be. So rest in his love and just be yourself. Love me. That's that's beautiful. And I love that you you brought Psalm 139 Mm -hmm. right in there and was just like, you know what? My younger self just needs to hear truth. Yeah. And my younger self just needs reminded of the truth that God God provides because having your foundation in what God says about you is better than what anybody else right. can say about you and all of that. So, how was writing that? Was that hard? It was was good. it? Yeah. Um I I write myself letters sometimes. I journal a lot. So, a lot of times like I I pray in my writing, um but it it was really, it was really beautiful. Like anytime that I speak one, like Psalm 139 over me, it just like, it makes me feel so much more grounded. Um, so writing this was, it was really nice. Um, I love talking to my, like to my younger self and I love writing to myself as though it's a dear friend mm, yeah. because I have a hard time seeing myself that way. Like I, when I see myself or when I talk to myself, it's normally very negative. Like I, it's normally like, very angry speaking to myself. So when I sit down to like write a letter as I'm writing it to somebody that I care about deeply, then just like, Oh, I do care about you deeply. Like I care about you so much. Like Mm. I want you to experience all the good. Um, and that starts with me. Like that starts with me being kind to myself because when I'm kind to myself, I don't let other people be unkind to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. And I wish it was easy to remember every day, right? Because it's a struggle every day still oh, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to believe these things about ourselves. And I, I think 
everybody struggles with that in some sort of way of believing oh, sure. something mm-hmm. about themselves or especially negative talk to mm-hmm. themselves is like yelling at yourself and, you know, not talking to yourself like you would a dear friend. Right. Know? And so and that changes so much. It does. It, yeah. It changes so much about what you even believe about yourself and mm-hmm. it's calming too. So like when you're really mad at yourself for making a mistake or for saying mm-hmm. something you wish you wouldn't have said or for, you know, believing something about yourself then it's like no like calm it down and talk to that person like you would somebody that you really love Mm -hmm. and that can change a lot yeah yeah so somebody that is in a spot that you were in way back in the day that Mm -hmm. is really maybe they're struggling with self-image making some poor choices because they're looking for affirmation from other people you know, anything like that, anybody that's resonating with any of the things that you just mm-hmm. talked about, what's some advice that you would have for anybody here? Yeah. So since I still struggle very much daily, <laughs> it's, it's hard to take advice. I know that like, it's hard when someone says to me, like, it's okay. Like you don't have to think about your body that way. And, but I still, I'm like, no, it has to be beautiful. Um, so something that I know helps me is starting is thinking more outside myself. And thinking more about we don't have a ton of time on earth. <laughs> um, it sounds really morbid. Yeah. But when you think about the grand scheme of everything and you think about like how, how small we are on this earth and when you think about how little time we take up on this earth, like putting it into perspective of would you rather enjoy a piece of cake with friends and laugh and enjoy um, the beauty around you? Or would you rather sit inside yourself and, and hate your body? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think about that sometimes, especially when I'm, when I'm doing something that I'm like. Well, yeah, I think it's so important because that's kind of what it is for you is you get trapped within yourself Mm -hmm. and it weighs so heavily on you. And so forcing yourself out of your own body and looking at your life from the outside in being like, no, this is what I want my life to look like. Right. I don't want to be trapped inside these negative spirals that are constantly weighing me down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, hang out with a friend, go for a walk. Sometimes even if I, if I do choose to go for a walk, and I catch myself thinking, like, I wonder how many calories, like, walking this much. What did I eat today? I catch myself doing that. And then sometimes I'm like, no, think your body. Like, mm-hmm. think your body that it's able to be walking. Think your body that your legs work, that you're not in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And it changes perspective. Um, ask a friend to go for a walk. Talk about something beautiful you saw that day. And, yeah, I know it's silly. Count your blessings. But it really, like, if you... If you start thinking about something good that happened to you rather than all of the bad things, because I catch myself thinking about the bad things or even though I'm talking about like, Thomas brought me to this place. Like sometimes I think about like, yeah, I'm stuck in this stupid place and I get so mad and I start blaming like the people that have like caused me to be here when I'm like, but this place is more beautiful, you know? And yeah. like, it's all about mindset. It's all about, um, yeah, being able to, I think, yeah, calm yourself um, and get yourself to a place 
where you can see the good instead of the bad. Yeah. Practicing gratitude mm-hmm. really does change everything. Yeah, you it know? does. There's a reason why God tells us to give thanks so many times in the mm-hmm. Bible is because he knows that's what we little humans need right. to reset ourselves. It's very humbling. Yeah. It makes you like kind of step out of like, wow, I was being a crabby little child, mm-hmm. you know, or like I'm being very prideful and not at all like humbled by this beautiful gift of another person I get to spend life with. And it is, it's so good that you are talking about how you still struggle with this every day, because Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think any of us are just done with some of the stuff that we're dealing with. And yes, maybe it doesn't come up as much. Maybe it doesn't hurt as bad, but it's still going to come up. Our struggles are still going to be these things that we constantly need to work for and be mindful of and be intentional Mm -hmm with ourselves, with our actions, with what are putting what we're putting into our minds. Yeah. You know, like if you fill your mind with a bunch of body image things and social media with those things, then yeah, you're going to be thinking about them. And so yeah. I bet you've cleared out a lot of those things on social oh, media. Yeah. I, and I now follow like ones about like healthy eating and how to like love your body. Yeah. And so I'll read it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and like it's inspiring yeah. instead of oh man, this girl's so perfect and beautiful and I wish I was that skinny mm-hmm. and all those things. Yeah, yeah it so. is It is so important to be aware of what you're, what you're putting in, not only mm-hmm. through food, right. but uh, but with the content that you're taking in in your mind and the, mm-hmm. the things that you're believing about yourself. And I love it in your advice that you even talked about going to walk with a friend. And so community is so important and mm-hmm. having good friends and people to talk to about things is so important Mm -hmm. with all of this too. And so Shauna, thank you so much for coming and being on this podcast today. It has been such a joy to sit and talk to you about things. And I know so many people are going to resonate with this and your story is not just your own. You're putting it out for other people to learn and grow from and to continue to grow. And so as your friend from a long time, I can see the growth in you and I love you a lot and I'm so proud of you. And I know that God is continually transforming your heart and your life and he's going to be glorified in how you're living your life. And so thank you for being here. Thank you for being honest and real. People can learn from this. And so I appreciate you. I hope so. Also, everyone should know that Liz just made me cry a little bit. So perfect. I love you. I love you too. Everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you guys enjoyed hearing Shauna's story today. Make sure you go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, like us, leave us a review, share it with your friends. You can like us on Facebook. But ultimately, today, I hope you learned a little bit more about Shauna. I hope you learned a little bit more about yourself and a lot more about God today. Go out and have an awesome day.